Welcome everyone to Love and Pod, the weekly uh, Trigon Stampede podcast. I am your host, Lady Zeon the Double Fang, and with me as always is my co-host Kai the Non-Binary Typhoon. Say hello, Kai. Hey, let's see how long we can get this weekly streak going this time. Woo! Alright, two in a row, two in a row. <laughs> Okay, so we are now on episode 6. It is Once Upon a Time in Hopeland. I actually did not realize the first time I watched it that Hopeland was the name of the orphanage that Wolfwood goes to. That just completely slipped over my head the first time. And I didn't actually pick it up until like the the eye catch where it showed it on the map. And it said Hopeland Orphanage. And I was just like... Oh, that's why it's called that. That's interesting, because I kept seeing that on the maps, and I was like, I bet that's where Wolfwood's from, because I remembered that, him being from an orphanage. Right. It's like a thing that I see before I saw anything else going on on the map. I would just see the thing that was more centered and big. I have not paid attention to that map at all. Like, every time I was like, oh yeah, no, it's the eye catch, whatever. Um, I was just like, it's a map, cool. It, I, I, it didn't even dawn on me that it had like the like the names of locations that were relevant to the show, and you know, like you see like July and then you see like the orphanage. I didn't bother reading the rest of it, but like yeah, the Hopeland orphanage caught my attention. Yeah, it also has a marker showing you where they're at, and that's like what the animation of the blinking is that you see is them showing you this is where we're at right now. Oh, son and of I a didn't business. realize that until the previous episode when I noticed. I went, oh. And I thought I thought I was just dumb for not noticing it until the last episode, and so I was just kept it to myself. You're like, I ain't gonna say <laughs> shit. No, I'm over here like, yo, did you know there's like words on this fucking map? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just go ahead and kick things off with our recap. The episode opens with a cold open of a guy running through the desert. He's got like a mask on and a suit. And he's running from something, and he turns. It's Wolfwood. He fires at Wolfwood, shoots him multiple times. Wolfwood cracks open that vial that we saw him take from the previous episode, drink it, it heals his wounds. And then Wolfwood kills that guy. Jump into our OP, and then the episode starts proper. We get radio reports about, like, the stolen plants in July, you know, the whole thing that, like, that Vash has been, you know, heading towards. Roberto was just like, hey, there's a sand steamer that's going to be heading towards July. We're going to drop you off there. Meryl's just like, oh, are we going to, like, leave the car? And it's like, uh, no, we're dropping his ass off because we have enough, like, info on him to write, like, ten articles. And she's just like, what the hell? And it's just like, hey, our job is done. So they drop him off at the sand steamer. Wolfwood joins him. Meryl is really upset with Roberto, like, pulling up the photo. It's like, you know, we finally got, like, some dirt on this guy. And Roberto's just like, yeah, people who uh, don't age for 20 years, no, that's some freak shit that I ain't fucking with. So he wants out. Meryl's just like, well, what if we just kind of, like, follow behind, kind of undercover? And then Roberto's just like, ah, fine. Back at the steamer. 
Uh, Vash is questioning why Wolfwood sticks around. He's like, oh, I'm like your, you know, like your older brother. I got to protect you from, you know, all these people because clearly you won't do shit. So then they get into an argument about morality and Wolfwood just willy-nilliness to just take lives. And then the duo are attacked by a mysterious gunman. Wolfwood gets a good look at him and he clearly recognizes him and he calls him Levio. We get a flashback. Wolfwood is in an orphanage. A new kid shows up. It's Levio. They become good friends. We see them kind of hanging out, having fun. Flash forward. Wolfwood is trying to stop Levio. The police are trying to arrest Vash and Levio. Meryl is on her way following the sand steamer after having convinced Roberto. And then the Badlands show up behind Meryl. We get another flashback of the orphanage. This time it's of Wolfwood being chosen as a child of blessing. He gets experimented on. He grows to an adult form within like a few months. Uh, he tries to escape the facility. Uh, they shoot at him. He uses the drugs to heal himself. As he's just about to escape, a telekinetic force catches him and basically just crumples his body dropping him. Back in his cell, Wolfwood meets a mysterious blue-haired guy with telekinetic powers who tells him uh, he will now be selected to join the Eye of Michael. Wolfwood refuses, tells him to shove it. Then he pulls out Levio, and he's just like, this kid followed you. He loves you. Like, if you won't do the thing, he's volunteered to take your spot. So Wolfwood's hand is forced. Flash forward, the cops are uh, shooting at Levio, and he's healing instantly. And Wolfwood notices that he is doing this without the aids of the drugs that he takes. Levio shoots at the cops. Vash goes to confront him, gets into a tussle, pins him down. And Levio says, I have to catch up. Hard cut to the mysterious blue-haired fellow and Zazie the Beast watching everything from afar. The mysterious blue-haired fellow is clearly testing Wolfwood, trying to get him to either choose between, like, who's going to live between Vash and Levio, and really trying to push Wolfwood. Wolfwood tells Vash to hide. Legato... <clears throat> damn it, I said his name. They don't actually say his name in the episode. <laughs> uh, mysterious blue-haired guy... Uh, Cracks, like, the cylinder to the steamer, sending it off course. And, oh shit, the Badlands gang have just shown up. And, uh, fuck it, I already said it. Legato says, like, Wolfwood needs to choose who will die and who will he save. End of episode. Um... Kai? This episode was on some artsy shit, and I loved it every step of the way. Every little moment of artsy stuff. Everything. I was before <sighs> before I comment on the artsy element, I think we have hit the mythic two-pass script treatment for an episode of Trigun Stampede. Yeah, it feels it feels very um oh, what's the wording I'm looking for? Like very It feels uh, polished. Polished is a good word. Yeah. It just feels like everything that happens is relevant and connected to something else that happens in the episode. Yes. 
or is clearly building up to something planned to happen later. It's not dumping tons of exposition. I don't feel like anything was wasted. No. I don't feel like there was a wasted space of time at any point. This episode was incredibly lean with everything it needed to do. It establishes, okay, well, we're dropping Vash off. Okay, well, Wolfwoods obviously has a mission given to him by Knives. He needs to stay with Vash, so he goes with Vash. And clearly, mysterious blue-haired guy... Okay, he is Legato. He is Legato Blue Summers <laughs> from the manga and anime. They did not say his name throughout the entirety of this episode, as far as I know. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice it either, if they said it or not. But I knew it as soon as I saw it. I was like, oh, Legato! Yeah, no, <laughs> like, that. that is kind of the problem with being, like, like this diehard Trigun fan. Is, like, I, I see a character and I know the character, but then I have to go, wait, did they tell me who this character is? Or do I just know who this character is? <laughs> Is because I know Trigun. In fact, going back to uh, the previous episode, I was just like, oh yeah, this is their version of Monev the Gale. It's, which is weird because they don't actually call him yeah. Monev the Gale. I was thinking that, but I had figured I missed it because during the podcast episode, you just like were so confident saying it's Monev the Gale. And I was like, oh, I must have missed where they said that because I miss things all the he, time. <laughs> he is definitely their version of Monev the Gale. And they even added like oh, the yeah. wind turbine thing to his guns to like emphasize the gale yeah, part sure. but then they don't <laughs> actually call him Monev the gale oh man and i could go into that like that's probably because uh he, he wasn't like a good enough of a experiment i guess like they kept expecting him to die any second because i don't know i mean you know maybe they did give him a name but we wouldn't know because all he could do was yell kakarot <laughs> But yeah, like, a lot of my complaints from the previous episode, like, completely, they're not here. This episode does flashbacks, and it's very, one, uh, the, the flashbacks are incredibly stylized, and I am fucking here for it. Uh, they look 2D animated, because if that's CG, like... I think they are. I 100% yeah. believe it's 2D animated. Like, that's more than just being a texture. That's, like, it moves like a Yeah, like, like there, there was a bounce drawing, and you know? flow to, like, the characters that I don't think would have... Especially, like, the way this CG looks. Like, maybe, maybe with a higher yeah. budgeted production. Like, not saying that this show looks remotely cheap. It doesn't. But, like... CG, if you want yeah. it to have bounce and fluidity that 2D animation has, you've really got to put in money for it and time. Yeah, I, I, can, I can tell you, I was just recently thinking about this, about animators are kind of stuck on this crossroads with the, uh, or this dual, like, feeling of uh, when watching the Hotel Transylvania movies, because it's like, it's Hotel Transylvania, but also as an animator, you're watching it and you just can't help but love it and find it amazing. But the movies themselves are not the best, you know, written or story-wise. Yeah. And it's, like, all because of the fact that Gindy over here uh, figured out a way to make CG animation look 2D with all that bounce and fluidity. And we've been doing CG since Toy Story. Yeah. And they're only just now starting to figure out how to do that. So I do not blame an anime company that is just starting to... Well, just starting is, like, in the grand scheme of the timeline of animation, right. you know? Like, just starting to experiment with having a more two-dimensional look and style to CG animation. 
I don't blame them for not being able to do that because it took American movie studios this long and they still talk about how like the Hotel Transylvania movies are the only ones who have done that because it's this one director who's figured out a way to do it and that the companies will let him spend the time and money to do it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some other stuff that kind of has that fluidity and stuff, but like, yeah, no, Hotel Transylvania was incredibly impressive, especially when it first came out. I was like, oh my God, you can make 3D models like have that squash and stretch like oh my god like this is like a level of effort that i've never seen before you should see the behind the scenes stuff of it the animators will are like yeah he you know drew over the director uh gandy drew over frames of the animation of like this needs to be a keyframe of like a really squashed and stretched out version of the character and the modeler or and the animators would have to go in and essentially break the models to make it happen and they were just like that's cool shit that's really awesome yeah it's a whole lot of work i've said it before with like the first couple episodes of this anime of like i can definitely see that this CG for this anime, even though I still don't particularly care for how it looks, I definitely see that it's artists and animators who are behind it and who are working with it. And not just yeah. people who said, wait, I don't know how to animate, so let me find a cheat code. Because you see a lot of that with new technology. You see a lot of people doing that. Honestly, the first two of like the modern era of Dragon Ball movies, they clearly use CG as a shortcut mm-hmm. where they just slap some models, horribly rig them, just so they could do 3D pan around shots without having to animate them. And it looks fucking abysmal. There's so many examples, especially, like, you just go 10 years back in anime, and it was rough. This studio, uh, Studio Orange, when they dropped Land of the Lustrous, everyone, it blew everyone's fucking mind, because they were like, oh my god, like, a CG anime can look this fucking good? Like, right. Japan's putting, like, effort and money and talent behind this technology? Yeah, and this episode of Stampede had me thinking of that again because of the way, like, the fighting between Livio and Vash especially. It's not just that they froze the characters and did fancy camera movements the way a lot of the Battle of Gods and Resurrection F stuff did, where it was still the same frozen poses. It's like, no, they animated the characters in the scene, doing the fight and doing the movements, and took advantage of timing, of freezing on certain frames, and, like, all of that for dra- uh, for dramatic effect. Yeah. While using the camera movement to add to it. And that's why it's like, this is a new tool being used by artists who know what they want and are doing it, who have experience and knowledge and how- what they need. Yeah, no, I, I really like the shot of, like, Vash. And, you know, obviously because it's CG, it's technically less impressive than 2D if this were 2D, but... Like, Vash running up to uh, Livio and grabbing him, tussling with him, flipping him down, and then, like, getting on top of him. And as the camera pans around them, like, to really emphasize, like, the momentum of of the, the toss down and then, like, getting up in their faces and you really see, like, the emotion on them. And it's, like, following the movement. It's, like, yeah, like, they really do take advantage of the 3D space that they have. They're not just using it as a cheap trick. They're not using it as just to be, like, oh, well, we'll just do CG models instead of 2D because it's easier. Like, no, these are artists. They they know what the hell they're doing. And the visual elements of this show have always been a strong point for me. Even when the episodes are written like fucking Garbo, (laughs) the visual component has always been on point, which is why I think episode three was such a standout 
not necessarily because there was anything in the writing that made that episode particularly great. In fact, we, we pointed out issues in the writing, but once Knives shows up, it's all spectacle, baby. And they fucking just hit the gas on that episode. With this episode especially, when the backstory stuff kept kicking in, like, I spent about... I don't know, two minutes of like looking at the backstory, two minutes in, and I went, I'm going to be drawing in this style. I'm going to be, I love this crosshatch work. I love everything about this. I got an idea already. Then when we're done recording, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to draw this wolf, little Wolfwood and Livio picture I have in mind and try to do that style because it's just so beautiful. And there's something very motivating and inspiring yeah. about it. I just really loved it. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. It had a very textured, sketchbooky look to it that I really, really dug. But yeah, anyhow, uh, going back to what I was first saying about the flashbacks, is like, I said, you know, last episode that the flashbacks were, in the previous episode, were really disjointed. Going from the past to the present, the past to the present, not making it clear for a really long time that this was a flashback. There was a lot of things that, you know, really took me out of that episode. Here, there the flashbacks are stylized, and even if they weren't stylized, like it's a whole shift in location. Even if this wasn't Wolfwood, well, I mean, obviously, like, you know, it's actually about characters that we know in the scene, so we see the connective tissue between what's happening in the present and this flashback and why it exists. So yeah. Getting to see, like, Levio and Wolfwood, I was like, I was really surprised that they kept Levio, like, the same as a child. Like, the whole crybaby Levio thing uh, from the manga. And then I love how, like, he's in that stylized look. I also love how the entire thing's silent. All silent, text like a silent film yeah. on the screen. And then once they do the experiments on Wolfwood and he comes back out of it and he's screaming and he's like a now a grown adult covered in blood and like machinery, then everything's vocalized and then it's in like the show's normal art style. The music was also really on point this episode, the way they scored mm -hmm. the episode too, because there was like... They had like a very specific um, sound for the backstory. I didn't have a chance to, like, go back and see if it was exactly the same uh, piece. I'm assuming it was. But then it's like, as the episode was coming to an end and you were getting climactic, like, the situation of Wolfwood being torn and upset and everything, it would go back to that same sound, most likely the same musical piece, you know? Even with all the, mm -hmm. like, you know, like, really gentle, lots of piano, I think. Um... And even with all, like, the gunshot firing and moving around and action going on, it still had that. And that created that feeling of, like, Wolfwood's really torn up and upset and really connected everything that was... It helped to subconsciously bring your mind to, like, connecting what was happening with that big action scene back to the backstory stuff we did. I don't know. I liked a lot about this episode. I liked a lot of the art artistic stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and make my opinions known. Yeah, I think this episode's fucking great. <laughs> um, and that's, that's saying a lot going for me because this is like the Levio episode. And they have definitely changed Levio. 
Because obviously the Eye of Michael, they've very much changed what they are, their function within the story and the world. He's more clean cut. He's got that metal plate on his face where, like, he did have a mask originally in the uh, the manga. But it wasn't like this metal thing like affixed to his face. But you know, like, I definitely miss the old Levio design. Uh, but... I, I, I'm, I'm fine with this one. And honestly, like, what they're doing with their with his character, where he kind of seems a bit more mind-controlled, almost. Like, you know, he's like this man on a mission. This silent fucking, like, super badass. But then he has that one line to, to Vash. I have to catch up. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I was just like, oh, because it's like the only thing Levio says in the entire episode, like in the present at least. And like he has that one line and it's just it's, like, it's oh. It's Wolfwood. He's trying to catch yeah, up to Yeah, he's trying to, trying to catch job. up to Wolfwood. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's Wolfwood. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it's like his whole thing, his whole thing was like, you know, joining the Eye of Michael to follow in Wolfwood's footsteps. And he needs to catch up to Wolfoid as, like, this member of the Eye of Michael, which isn't too far removed from, like, what he was in the manga. I'm kind of surprised, like, how similar he is. Like, I was really worried that it's like, oh, like, this, this anime's changing so much. Like, this interpretation of Livio is going to give people such a wrong fucking, like, idea of this character and what he is in the source material. But honestly... They got him pretty right. Like, other than, like, the aesthetically speaking, his character is pretty spot on. Like, you know, he's introduced much mm -hmm. sooner, um, which is fine. He's, he's very, like, it's a soft-spoken and also the Cryberry, Crybaby Levio stuff and just... He's very he's very silent type. He's very quiet. <laughs> That's what I remembered from the manga and stuff and from the original source. Yeah, like, like he doesn't really start talking until... Um, well, I don't, that's spoilers. <laughs> you know what? Never Speaks mind. I'm not even going to say, say like, the when couch. he starts becoming more talkative. <laughs> but in the beginning, he is definitely more quiet. Uh, and he's also, like, he, he's very much so, from what I remembered from the original, uh, from when I read the manga, he's very, like, when he does speak, it's only when it's absolutely necessary and he only uses as much words as necessary. Uh, so he <sighs> is what I remembered. But yeah, I, I mean, could be, he's. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember myself, honestly, because I, I know he isn't super talkative because he is kind of like murder machine man. Um, and he, like, where in this, he's targeting Vash. In the manga, he targeted Wolfwood specifically um, because he was a servant of the Eye of Michael. Right. And Wolfwood had turned against them. Um, oh, so I was wondering. And has the term gung-ho gun actually been used in this show? I don't think so. I don't think so. It might have been stated I think, in the first episode, but I might be mixing that up with the fact that the Bad Lads gang was name-dropped early on. Yeah. Because I know that that was one. I know that was one that got name-dropped, but I don't think the gung-ho guns have been name-dropped. Yeah, because like, I was trying to think, like the only time that they really could have mentioned them is like, when Zazie the Beast showed up. Yeah, and like during his conversation with Wolfwood at the end of that episode. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, because I'm like wondering, I'm like, wait, have the Gung Ho Guns shown up at all? Or 
am I just calling them the gung-ho guns because I know... Because, like, the gung-ho guns in this are, like, very different. Yeah. E.G. the Mind just seems like a random hitman that Knives souped up. Monev the Gale is part of the Eye of Michael, and he was this big roid rage monster guy who doesn't even speak other than shouting Vash. Are they really even like an org? Because like I don't even consider them like an organization like they were like a team. Yeah. Like they were in the manga and in the anime. That is, I know, at the very least I can say with like absolute certainty right now, Monev the Gale was never part of like the team, the group. I mean, we see mm-hmm. Zazie the Beast and, uh, I mean, you already name-dropped him, Legato, talking yeah. and hanging out. So at the very least, Zazie is going between people and talking between different people yeah. in that group. But I don't mm-hmm. even know if Wolfwood and Legato have really talked outside of when he first joined the, the yeah. group, quote-unquote, assuming and- there is a solidified understanding of one. <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, like, much like how everyone has been souped up in this series, Legato has gotten a power-up. Hey, I'm okay with that so long as it's, like, everybody's on, like, if if you're yeah. gonna soup everybody, if you're gonna, like, up the, like, uh, if, if you're Power gonna, level. Yeah, if you're gonna up the power level for, uh, for anybody, it, like, to make it more spectacle and more, and just bigger, I think it is a good idea to just, you know, do that for everyone. Yeah, you know, everyone's on a higher level, so that things are more explosive. Like I think, that's yeah, because like yeah, like one of our big things was like that first episode really didn't communicate. Like, so what is the level of skill here? Yeah, random jobber dickhead shooting a bullet out of the sky, and it's like, the fuck. Um, <laughs> honestly, like yeah, that episode had plenty of problems, but uh, not this one. This one was good. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh my god. Yeah, no. Like I don't like. Like, honestly, this episode is just lean. It's a lot of forward momentum. A lot of the emotional impact comes from the the flashbacks. And the connection between the flashback and the action. Yeah, and the present. Well. And, like, how it all ties together. And, like, honestly, like, this episode was really well constructed. I don't have complaints. It's I so have weird to, like, get out of... I have one. Of, like, <laughs> like, it's so weird to get out of one of these episodes. And I'm like, I... I don't think I have anything to bitch about. I watched it I got twice. One thing. Okay, what's I got your one, one thing? thing? And it's it's petty Roberto bullshit, right? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it's not even that big of a deal, but it was just one thing when he was talking to Meryl. He's like, "Oh, you know, you're still learning the ways of our world, or something." And I don't know. Maybe that's a translation dub thing, but I really that wording rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, she's an adult who's been living here this whole time. Why are you talking to her as if she's never existed here before? As if she's like a foreigner or something? I don't understand why this keeps being the attitude. <laughs> We're gonna find out she was actually isekai from a different anime. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's why she doesn't know jack shit, but she's still a college student and an adult. <laughs> I mean, like, and at the very least, like, I wasn't, um, I know in the previous episode, like, Roberto had a little bit of, a, like, an exposition dump of, like, oh, there's this monster that's hanging around, but, like, to that episode's credit, that, if you're gonna have to have a way for a character to, like, introduce the idea of some monster sneaking around, that's a good way to do it, is it's like he was playing it up to try to scare her awake, like it was a horror story. Mm-hmm. I was like, that... You know, if it weren't for the fact that I was already annoyed at him expositioning dumping in, like, previous episodes in a very clunky way, that probably wouldn't have bothered me. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, nah, that in and of itself wasn't bad. 
And I feel okay, like he's so, getting better. I feel like he's getting better. You know, but maybe uh, it's because he's getting less screen time. <laughs> there's that. Also, I'm going to say a nice thing about Roberto. He played a function within the narrative that did not upset me. Yes. He got Vash and Wolfwood separated from them because, you know, and it, he did it in a way that makes sense. It's like, yeah, no, like they're, they're reporters. They, they had a job and it was kind of weird that they'd already stuck around for this long. Yeah. So he's just like, you know, we've done our part. We, we have our info. You go. I don't really feel like taking like a bullet to the head by some crazy monster man. Like that stuff was bullshit. <laughs> um, and honestly, fair. Honestly, completely yeah. fair. It's like the one time uh, Rob- uh, Roberto has said something in this series where I went, you know what, bro? You you right. You right. I can't. Yeah, you do you. You do you, buddy. <laughs> That's like, fair. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I will say when the Badlands gang showed up and I saw them, my first instinct was, uh, oh my god, is this Mad Max all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, no, like when they showed up and I saw the neons, I was like... Bad Lance! Because, <laughs> like, because I was not, because when they went to the Sand Steamer, I was like, oh, I wonder if we're going to do the Badlands storyline at all, like any kind of adaptation of it. But then we did Levio, and I'm like, oh, well, we're doing Levio. Oh, fuck, we're doing the Badlands too. Like, this episode, like, I think one of the things that makes this episode, like, so engaging is that it just kept throwing stuff. Like, the situation kept getting progressively worse. Um, yeah. Because, like, you have Vash who's running from Levio. Wolfwood's trying to keep these two people from killing each other. Um, like, the police. We get emotionally invested in Wolfwood's yeah. like, motivations. Like, like we, we got flashbacks that were really relevant to Wolfwood and his character and, like, explored his motivation for why he would not want Levio to die and, like, why he's so protective of him. And we already know he has an attachment to Vash, and it, it was good! It was yeah. it was a good use of your characters and, like, your, your setting. Even with, like, the previous episode, like, the way Vash and Wolfwood in this episode were talking about the previous mm-hmm. events added to why it was important for that flashback stuff to happen when and how it did because Wolfwood was like pushing on to Vash you gotta like kill or be killed kind of situation you know and then suddenly Mm. he's like trying to make it to where Livio doesn't get killed and trying to just get Vash to like go away and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's like really important to have that flashback to understand why because otherwise we'd be sitting here like wait Wolfwood I thought you were just saying to just shoot people yeah, no, like, it it really is, like, a, like once again, like, it, it it's well executed, because, like, you know, Wolfwood has been in so consistent throughout the three episodes he's been in, and all of a sudden, a third of the way through this episode, a, a switch flips in him, he's, he's, he suddenly, be, like, you know, flips a switch and becomes, like, a complete hypocrite, and is out trying to protect the guy who's putting everyone in danger, and... It's just like, oh. And letting the audience know why that is, is as soon as you can, is important. Especially when you're dealing with something that's a week-to-week, like, episode basis of, um, they need, like, it, it would be really easy, and I would not blame anyone if they didn't do that flashback for someone to turn it off and go, nah, this character's too inconsistent, you know? Like, it's, I just, I'm, I'm praising them, because I'm like, yes, you put the backstory right where you needed to exactly where you needed to so i have a theory uh for this season 
I think Wolf was going to die at the end of it. Do we know if this is a going to be a multi-season series or a one-season? Uh, they they haven't announced anything. Like they haven't even announced like an episode count. But like, given like, just I'm pretty sure like the intent is to have a season, probably take a break, and then come back in a in like another season and yeah. drop thirteen more episodes. Yeah, that's become like a pretty standard uh, production cycle. So that's kind of what I'm expecting. Uh, so I think with the way the pacing is now, I don't think they'd be able to get it done in one season. Oh, yeah. And if they do, it'd have to be like a 24 to 26 episode season. Yeah, know? and those just really don't get made anymore. Yeah, because like, think about it. Knives is our big main antagonist, you know, and we mm-hmm. haven't seen him in a bit, you know, in a hot right. minute. So it's like, and that's not bad, but I'm just saying, like, pacing-wise, we're on episode six, and we only just got kind of introduced to our big main antagonist and haven't heard from him much since. Yeah. And so it's like, it it would it would need to be Like, I mean, we just episodes. got introduced to Legato this episode. Yeah. We would, so, need, we would need more at this pace, you know? Right. More time. So, okay. Like, the reason I think Wolf was going to die in this season, though, is... Like, probably, like, the season finale. We're gonna hit, like, episode 13. I think Wolfwood's just gonna fucking eat it. Because we get introduced to Wolfwood. And before we can even start questioning his motivation, Zazie outright just states, he's one of them. He's part of their group. He is specifically there to watch Vash. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, we're kind of speedrunning his story arc here. Yeah. <laughs> Comparatively. Yeah. Episode two, we get introduced to, like, the whole experiments with the Eye of Michael. And then we show that Wolfoid takes these chemicals to, like, heal himself. So we're, like, throwing that out there immediately. Which was not a thing that was, like, shown up front in the manga for a very long time. So, like, all these things that, like, the manga kept close to its chest. We were already introduced to Levio. We've got Wolfwood's backstory. We have his history with Levio. We have the experiments that he was put under as a child. We have confirmation that he is technically still a child. And, yeah, like, it's just like, like, we're rapid-firing through all of this stuff with Wolfwood. And I'm like, he isn't gonna make it to the end of, like, of this show like like he's i i think we're just gonna like fucking kill him off at the end of this season <laughs> you're gonna die <laughs> i sense lincoln park amv coming on when my time comes forget the wrong that i've done <laughs> i'm waiting for I'm, it's gonna happen just watch oh gosh but i was wondering if you noticed post credits there was a um illustration Mm-hmm. Of, like, what looked like the several different characters who have the, like, cross-style guns. Like, I counted four. I didn't really look at it for too long. Yeah. But, yeah, after the credits, they had that image. And I know that, like, obviously two of them had to be, like, Wolfwood and Livio. And I know in the manga there were other characters. Like, I know there was, like, Church, I think, was one of them straight up. That was his name. Chapel. Chapel, right. Okay. I was close. I was close. <laughs> Well, Chapel was like his title. I forgot what his actual right. name was, but but yeah. he he was he was Wolfwood's mentor. Yeah, the fact that there were others in the manga besides Livio and Wolfwood who had that same like Christian cross motif going on uh, yeah. with their weaponry, and then we see I'm pretty sure again it was four in that image post credits. 
I was wondering right. if you noticed it because I noticed it and I'm like, oh, that's there on purpose. That's there to generate hype for people who do know and people who don't know. It's for both of them. <laughs> uh, I didn't even think about it like that. I always just thought it was just like a random image showing off like members of the Eye of Michael. I didn't even think about them being like actual characters. Uh, okay. Probably, yeah. So, I mean, it might actually have been a teaser and it just slipped right by me because I did see the, the, the piece yeah. of artwork that you're talking about and they usually do... Because usually it's it's a piece of artwork that is done by a different artist every time, and they it is like tangentially related to the episode that had just played. Right. I just think it's like interesting that we got to see the other ones in that piece of artwork, like other people with that same thing that we haven't seen in the anime proper. Right. You know. I'm like, oh, I think y'all just confirmed that they exist. <laughs> Like, I have to say, like, you know, I still have, like, some of the same gripes that I had before, you know, basically the stuff that was, that we learned in, epi like, the previous episode, where, you know, the Eye of Michael is very much attached to knives, they are literally an organization that worships him like an angel or a god, um, it's just... It does just, like I said, it just makes the, the world feel smaller. Yeah, and, and the whole, like, it still has that same issue of feeling like it kind of lessens uh, Knives' point when you, like, Knives had to intervene and, like, brainwash a bunch of people as opposed to people are just bad. Yeah, I mean, we don't even really know exactly what Knives' motivations are in this series. That's true, that's true. He could just be out to try to be God. He could just yeah. be that. Like, and really, he may not be, like, you know, making people to be, like, monstrous, but just he's accruing it like an army of super soldiers for, like, a world takeover type thing. Oh, uh, that's... I didn't think of that. I didn't think that, like, we didn't actually know his motivations this... Uh, <laughs> yeah, because, like, you know, he, oh, he says, like, some vague stuff about, like, you know, protecting their siblings or whatever, you know, which would be the plants. Yeah. Like, we know we know that from the manga and the anime, that Vash and Wolfwood are plants. But as far as, like, what mm -hmm. triggers knives in this continuity, we, we haven't seen yet. Uh, I know when I was looking at the thumbnails, one of them shows, like, it's set on the ship. So we're definitely going to get a flashback with um, Knives and uh, Vash as kids. Still can't believe we got like the wolf, like a full Wolfwood backstory in a single episode before we did any of this, like the stuff with Vash. I am so obsessed with the Wolfwood and Livio backstory stuff. I really am. Like as soon as we're done recording, gonna pull up my Clip Studio Paint and I'm gonna start drawing. And I, the whole time watching it, I was going, okay, "The babies, not so, the babies, the babies." Okay, so <laughs> I, I have to say, like, like, did you get gay vibes off of these kids? Oh my god, a little bit. <laughs> I thought the I was like, like the way Livio was like laying on top of really, him and yeah. talking about like paternal love and like all the it's just it. like there was something there that I was like this this could be seen as like even if not literally it could be seen as like allegorical or symbolic to it I'm just saying it's if there. there isn't already <laughs> there will be so much fucking ship art of those two like there already kind of was from the previous season but like that's part of our series and that's part of why I was like like from the manga I mean 
But, like, yeah. that's part of why when I was watching it, I was like, ooh, okay, yeah. Because I already knew that people already shipped Because it really kind of felt like they were leaning into the yaoi bait of those <laughs> two. And, like, you know, obviously it's like, you know, they're kids, whatever. But, like, you know, now now they're, like, full-grown adults or whatever. And, but, yeah, no, like, like they, they, they clearly establish this really close emotional bond between these two. Yeah, I was like, oh, man. I just, I, I, th- I had that thought and then I pushed it down because I know me being the hopeless romantic who's always, always, like looking for shipping fuel for everything under the sun you know i'm usually pretty good at being like okay so that is just me like reading into things that aren't there and having fun versus that's actually there so the fact that you brought it up i was like oh my god yes i did i did You're notice like, yes <laughs> yes there were those my vibes joshi this was finally validated <laughs> um I, honestly, uh, I think that's everything I had to say about this episode. Like, it was just fucking good. Oh, there was a lot during like the experiment stuff. Like, I know I talked about the art and the backstories, but like during the experiment stuff was also like so artsy, but in a way that like even if I don't know the meaning mm-hmm. behind all of what they were doing there, it still felt like every part of that was mm-hmm. done like with purpose and intent. Because a lot of the times when you see things that are, like, stereotypically in animation called, like, oh, the, you know, LSD mm-hmm. do stuff, you know, that people do. Like, that's the stereotype when you see those sort of things. There are points where you see that and you go, yeah, that is just nonsense. But this was definitely one that, when watching it, I was like, no, this was this was planned out and intended. And I'm sure if I, you know, had the energy or the motivation, I could go in and, like super like break it down especially when we get more information about wolfwood and livio and the eye of michael and all that like it felt that's why i was like this is artsy in the best possible way because even the stuff that normally would get like uh brushed off as being like oh like pretentious i guess um is like no this feels like this was done for a reason this wasn't this doesn't feel pretentious Mm -hmm. this feels on purpose and with intent you know and i really liked it i liked it a lot (laughs) So is there anything else you have to say? Nope, other than the scoring. Alrighty, so uh, on a scale of one to six bullets, what are you giving this episode? I'm I'm gonna be crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna be wild. I'm gonna say six out of six. This episode felt so tight and beautiful, and obviously nothing's perfect. But I'm not gonna be the person who says you'll never get an A because you're you know it's oh, not yeah. perfect. It's just like no, it's so much. I didn't have really. Neither one of us really had anything to say that right. we really disliked or felt held the episode back. It just all felt so tight and well put together that I just I have to give it that six. I can't I can't not do it. Hmm. <laughs> Damn it! You just made a compelling case because I was gonna say five and a half, but like yeah, but you got you got to think about like why like what what is knocking those points down? You know? uh, yeah, no. Other than not wanting to say it's perfect. We all know nothing's perfect. Right. I just kind of feel like, yeah, no, no. Cause like it did have like a good emotional core too. I guess like my, my only hesitance comes from the fact that it's, that it does end on a cliffhanger. So it's a lot of buildup and no, cause like no resolution. So I don't know how it's going to resolve, but we're judging an episode as a standalone piece. So, you know what? You convinced me. Six out of six. I'm going to do Hell it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like, We're it, getting it wild was... in here, boys. <laughs> like, I... I 
am shocked that this one the fact that it turned down an episode this like cogent like the storytelling was on part uh, on point the like the momentum like of the like just the presentation like just kept me enthralled like when it ended just Everything was just happening, and and then like the bad lads show up, and and then end of episode, and I'm like, fuck, that was twenty minutes already, shit. I think it also like the cliffhanger. I feel like was really well done and really hype. It didn't feel mm-hmm. upsetting to me. It felt hype, and oh my gosh, I can't oh yeah, no, like episode, honestly, like it's you know? it's a like they they got me, like like they they threw like like this. Fuck, man, this this is a good fucking episode. Like, I can't fucking yeah, there, complain. There's an art to cliffhangers. There's an art to yeah. doing a good cliffhanger, too. And I feel like they did a good one here. This know? was so goddamn well executed. From the beginning of it, the setup, the, the separation of our main characters, the, you know, introduction of Levio, the juxtaposition between the flashbacks and the present... Um, the whole stuff with Legato and his commentary, uh, you know, as an outsider looking in on the whole thing, and then you just, and then, like, cause, like, you have the police are there trying to intervene, they, you have Levio, who is, like, on a kill mission, you have, like, Vash, who's trying to keep everyone the from getting like hurt. Wolfwood, who's know? just trying to keep these two friends of his from fucking, like, hurting each other. And then you have, like, Legato, who's instigating everything. And then you have the fucking wild card that is the goddamn gung-ho gun. Or not the gun. Um, you have the wild card that is <laughs> the Badlands gang showing up. This episode's fucking great. Like, I, I can't. Like, yeah, I like the... The point of, like, the police showing up, it's like, yeah, the world is alive and lived in. Like, there are police on the steam, uh... The, the sand steamer. Steam, steam, sand steamer, thank you. I kept trying to say steam train or steam Yeah, motor. I was like, that's I just, not right. It's... Oh, man. But yeah, the, like, of course there would be security and police officers on there in a world like this. And of course they wouldn't, like, walk away all because people that they're trying to arrest are telling okay. them to go away. You know what? Like, if I wanted to be pedantic... I could say that the sand steamer <laughs> did not feel populated enough and like there wasn't like enough like innocent people in the way of what was going on. Uh but that is a nitpick because that's literally something I didn't think about until you just said something. So Yeah. And I think it's big enough and we saw people who were outside running in, so it could be like assumed that they right. were inside. So yeah, like know? I said, this is the best episode by far. By fucking far. Like. I really hope the next one right? lives up to it. I, I'll, I'll be shocked. If we get two bangers in a row, like just un, un, undisputed bangers, just where we're both like, holy shit, that fucking delivered. Um, yeah, no, this, this is like the happiest and most content I think I could actually ever fucking be with this show. And if it can even keep up, like, two-thirds of this throughout the rest, 
my opinion on this show will so greatly improve. This show keeps like going, like getting whiplash back and forth of, oh, that was garbage episode. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Oh no, I did that with Dragon Ball Super. I don't need that shit again. Oh no, you're right. Like every so often I'd be like, yo, this episode fucking rules. Oh my God, this show's like back on track. And then it would just fucking fall off a cliff. I was like, oh, that's what I get for getting like excited. Let me hit that that knock on wood over here. Yeah. Knock on wood. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, fucking great episode. Good. I loved it. My boy Levio. Uh, I he has not upset me yet. We'll see how his presentation goes moving forward. Uh, banger episode. I I got nothing. Just don't try gun stampede. Just don't don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up.